What's up, Spellslingers? My name is Gary and John Wells. I'm Drew Flitton. And this is Untap, Upkeep, Drink. Beer up. Welcome back, guys. As you can obviously tell, Corey could not make it. We've got some important Watsy updates that we're going to hit you with. So we're going to be doing kind of a quick episode. Uh, we kind of shot this on a weird day. So Corey's out there baking and making some delicious foods for the people. Yeah, his new restaurant that he's helping open just had their grand opening recently. And so he's been, well, he's been working Quite his ass off. Busy, yeah. yeah. So Corey's not going to be a part of this episode, but it's going to be kind of a quicker episode anyway. We're considering this a mini-sode because we're just going to cover some important updates that Watsi has hit us with in the last month or two about uh, next year. Right. So basically, we're going to be covering all of the magic announcements from Watsi that we think are going to be relevant to you guys. So here's a list of kind of the overall stuff we're going to talk about. We'll get into them in just a moment. But we've got uh, a... a slew of upcoming pre-constructed products as well as you know the next year's upcoming standard sets have been released we've well, they also been released they've been spoiled or spoiled teased, right i think more than spoiled the, the names have been released um and then next year's commander which we'll get into why we have to call it just commander because there's a lot going on and then last but not least we've got the new format what? pioneer Yep, a whole new format that oh. uh wizard sponsored and has kind yeah, of released it's to the public something that they seem like they're going to put uh, a large investment into. Uh, And so we're just going to kind of talk about what that is. And then hopefully later we're going to be talking maybe a little bit more detail. Yep. First, though, we must infuse our taste buds with some brews. So the the beer that I'm rocking today is the Crooked Fence Brewing Company Three Picket Porter. These guys are out of Garden City, Idaho. And mine is out of Boise, Idaho, which is just down the road from repping the Idahomies, you know. Uh, This one clocks in at ABV 5% even, and they have an estimated IBU. Apparently, they didn't actually go in and measure it, but they say around 19. So this is going to be slightly less bitter, hopefully. Quite dark, as you would expect from a porter. Mm. Ooh, ooh. The heads on both of these beers were large and in charge, Um, but they don't, or this one doesn't taste carbonated at all i mean it is but it's just super smooth it's like uh it's like a malt syrup is what it feels like it's extremely delicious very very low on the bitter not a whole lot of hops yeah on the nose you get kind of a little bit sweet a little bit malty and kind of metallic yeah like a an irony kind of zing and the taste kind of reflects all of that it's just a tiny bit of bitterness to it not too bad it's a it's a good porter and Drew, he's rocking a beer with just the tightest can I've seen in a while. Yeah, it is really awesome. This is the Helm of Awe from Mad Sweet Brewing. Uh, I honestly got this because I saw the can. I was just like, holy shit, that's <laughs> it's awesome. Sweet, yeah. Uh, I was in the the locals when I was up at uh, Idle Falls. It was in Marcellers. And just they got a rack just full of local stuff. And that's where I got both of these. Uh, and I just saw this can. I was just like, well, that's awesome. And then I saw the Mad Sweet logo. And I was like, man, this Viking dude has a beard that is just 100% a single hop. So this is a robust oatmeal porter. And I saw this, I like robust porters. I like oatmeal stouts. I hoped that it was going to be, it's kind of an infusion of the two. Um, it's rocking 6% ABV and 40 IBU. So it's a bit more wow. on the hoppy end. They smelled very similar to me when we first cracked them open. So this one has a light malt nose to it. Not really too much depth there. Ooh, <laughs> it's smooth and it's sweet. 
and you get kind of an earthy hoppy flavor to it. Whoa, this one, the he- the nose is way different than the mouth. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to read this. Helmova is a mysterious and powerful symbol in North mythology meant to strike fear into enemies and act as a protective ward. This robust oatmeal porter will fortify you during the long winter months with its smooth, malty, roasty complex flavor. You too can have the magic of the Helmova. That is a super good beer. It's sweet. And yeah, it kind of does have like a, I was going to say generic fruity sweetness, but it's not quite, it's just not quite that. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting... But it does have like a nice roasty flavor to it the second time I'm sipping it here. Yeah, and it kind of coats your mouth. Yeah. Definitely more bitter than the... Yeah, the bitterness fence. lingers for it. Yeah. All right, so let's get into our actual main topic here. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about the pre-constructed self-contained products. These are things that uh, we're not necessarily big into ourselves, but we think that maybe it might be of interest to you guys, especially with the holidays coming up. They just seem to be like... That's what it's aimed at as holiday product. Yeah. They're they're good stocking stuffers, good gift. I don't know if products. I, I try for one of these <laughs> stocking stuffers. Uh, the first one we got here is the Game Night for 2019. Um, it's five ready-to-play decks. They're all monocolored. Uh, it's, I think it's supposed to be half cards from M20, half uh, reprints that are not supposed to be legal and standard. They've got like their the special set symbol for the Game Nights. Right. Um, and then with those, there's five new cards, one for each color. Uh, they're like six and seven mana drops. They're finishers for the decks. Big old fatties, yep. Um, And then they also have just like this, obviously the box, and then cardboard punch-outs that have like the plus one, plus one counter things on it. So that we've got like an indicator for that, which I don't know if anyone will actually continue to use after the first time, but it's kind of neat. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels very beginner-friendly just for, you know, introducing your new friends who have never played before. Yeah, I think it's one of those products that you kind of treat it like a board game. You know, like you leave the decks together and like you have it and just if someone's coming over to play and you just, you know, have a couple friends, you can play like a free-for-all multiplayer thing with the five decks, or you could do like, you know, two at a giant. I'm sure there's like enough replayability to it that it's probably worth, you know, like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah, especially if you think you're going to have friends that are newer. Yeah, if they don't play Magic, then this is probably a decent place to start. The next one, when we think about uh, the holiday season, it says that in the name, the Eldraine Gift Edition. So it's like you were saying before we started the show, it's basically the, it's a booster box type Product. Not booster box. So if anyone remembers the old fat packs that got turned into the bundles, is what they're called now. Okay. This is that. Um, but it is the gift edition. So it also comes with an Eldraine collector booster in addition to the 10 Eldraine draft boosters that you'd normally see in an Eldraine bundle right. or fat pack. Um, and then you get the alternate art promo for Piper of the Swarm, which is, you know, it's pretty cool. Again, it's cool art. Yeah. If you're into it, you know, you're into it. Uh, and then it has this oversized spin down die. It's kind of like a pearlescent pinkish purple. I honestly don't know what color it really is, uh, but it looked kind of pink to me. <laughs> kind of cool to have, be, I don't yeah. know. And then uh, <clears throat> I had to admit this the other day. I've never played any of the unsets, but we've got an addition to the unsets. This product's kind of gotten a decent amount of hype because it is, you know, one of the un products. Uh, but I think that it falls very, very short of what people actually wanted out of it just because Unstable was so good. Um, But again, it's pretty recent after Unstable and it took forever to go from the first unset to the second one and then finally Unstable after another set of years. Uh, So it makes sense that they're not, you know, promoting the a full unset like they so they're calling this one unsanctioned Uh, releases February 29th of 2020, which is leap Leap year on leap year. Yeah. Which is something that they're very excited. Yeah. Next year's a leap year. And so I think that's part of why they're kind of, what better way to announce a freaking unset. Yeah. (laughs) During the leap year. Yeah. Yeah. So it has five 30 silver bordered card decks, all of them again, monocolored. 
and so I'll explain in a second how that actually works to, to use the 30-card decks. That's not normal, you might say. Uh, they also have new lands. They have 10 new pieces of art for the lands. Not it, not like actual new lands. Right, they're all basics still. Yeah. Um, five with a new frame that come in the box, and then five modern frame uh, new arts that are in the decks themselves. So we've discussed this as well. We think maybe new frames is a way of getting around telling what that means because it could be borderless. Like yeah, because un- Gary, when he was first going through, he's like, oh, new border. And it's like, not necessarily, right? Unstable, we're borderless, and they're fantastic. They're beautiful. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think they're going to go back to like the unhinged style, which had a very like thin. Yeah, they, they were border. very cool though. Like, yeah. like you see those lines, and you're like, man, that's awesome. Like whenever I look through lands and like trying to figure out what to put in my decks, I'm like, Looking through all of them, I was like, oh, man, those are cool. And then I yeah. see the next unset, I'm like, oh, man, those are all those cool. Are and then I see Unstable, I'm like, yeah. They're better. Those are the ones. So, but we're thinking we're they're using this nomenclature to get around revealing what that's going to be at this point. Um, they also have some new silver-bordered uncards, 16 in total. Yeah, yeah that's, that's new, new. deck. Yeah, that's new, new silver-bordered cards. Like, these have never been printed before, right. aside from in this product. Which is, I think, where people are finding this to be kind of an unfortunate they're only getting 16 yeah. new un- cards. Right, but the unsets before were printed as, like, the first one was just a joke set. It was just like, yeah. uh, look at this. I mean, I don't think there were that many cards. I think it was only, like, 80 or 100 cards even in the, the set itself. Oh, wow. Uh, and then uh, Unstable was actually printed as a specific draft set, right? Like, right. that was the entire purpose of it was to draft. And this is not a full set. It's not meant to draft. It is a self-contained product in and of itself. This is almost like the un for game nights. These yeah. are five... Pre-constructed kind decks, of, yeah. basically. Um, so the way that it actually works is that you take two of the 30-card decks and then you make a, a two-color deck out of those 30-card decks. And so they have all like, the land stuff like that. So that way you can mix and match between all of the colors. And then another person also does the same with two of the other three that are out there. So, for example, you, you could be running blue-green and then they could have like black-red. And so you make a 60-card deck out of two 30-card decks. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there's 16 total new cards, three per deck, uh, plus one that's in all of the decks. Um, and Probably a squirrel. Uh, I mean, who knows? There's, yeah, there's guaranteed these <laughs> squirrels in there. Uh, and the types of cards, according to Gavin Verhey, uh, was that there are cards that people have been asking for for unsets. Interesting. So, so we're so, guessing like stuff for, you know, like die rolling and like weird yeah, shenanigans weird like that. And just things shit. that are going to enhance the current uh, cards that are there. Yeah. And then again, they also just have the reprints of old fan favorites from past unsets that are just that are the primary force of the deck. And then we move into 2020 standard where we're going to be kicking off with Theros. So we're going to be going back to Theros. And this is going to release the day after my birthday, January 24th. Yeah, and the release is going to be January 17th to 19th. So I'm super hyped about the set. Theros block is one of my favorites, uh, mainly because, you know, enchantments. Oh, I thought you were going to say the gods. I mean, yeah, the gods are tight, but... They're not as accessible as some of the other cards from the sets. Well, and you're an enchantment type of guy, so. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a return to Theros, which is Planeswalkers and Enchantments, as you're saying. And it seems to be centered around Elspeth, uh, Planeswalker that had her own arc through Theros and before. Uh, I think from like Alar or something like that is when she first got printed. And so she's coming back as part of the return, which are the zombies from Theros. And so that's like the whole thing, basically, is what's happening. They're coming back from the underworld. Heavy zombie theme, maybe heavy graveyard type thing. Yeah. Uh, there's been some leaks. And these are usually black-white zombies, right? Not necessarily. We don't know. Right? Well, uh, but like before... You look, at, look, look at like Daxos uh, from True. 2015. He's he's one of the return. Okay. Uh, and so like you'd expect heavy black, uh, maybe some white, green, somewhere in there. Uh, but 
we're not really sure what exactly is going to happen. We don't know what the new mechanics are, aside yeah. from the leaks and whether or not those are real or not. We'll Nobody find out. Really they look knows. like real cards. They but, look pretty real. Yeah. Um, Speaking of a set we know nothing about. Yeah, we've got Ikoria, Lair of Behemoths. So this is the next set for Standard that's going to come out on April 24th of 2020. And again, pre-release April 17th, 19th. This is literally three months after yep. uh, the Theros Beyond Death. Now, this is all this is all just guessing here. Yeah, everything that we know about Ikoria has been speculation because Wizards have done a pretty good job of keeping it under wraps even when they yep. initially spoiled it. Uh, my hope is that with the new plane, maybe it's an ocean world. And I only say that just because uh, when I was looking at you know the announcement on my phone, uh, Corey had this kind of like purple to blue kind of color theme to it, whereas Theros was like black and white. Yeah. And well, and when you looked at, when Drew was showing me the the text, it has like graphic intertwined behind it. It kind of looked like the ocean floor. It was kind of like a teal green with some, you know, little light spots shining on the floor. So it could be an ocean theme. Ikoria sounds very like a very simic word to me, you know what I mean? Like Prime Speaker Vanifar just kind of follows that <laughs> kind of, I don't know. But yeah, Lair Behemoth, you know, Behemoth, we assume just big old fatties yeah. that are just going to wreck shit. And so it could just be, you know, awesome, crazy, high-powered, creature-focused format. And if it's ocean-themed, that we could probably expect to see some merfolk and such. Who knows? Yeah. Nobody knows anything about this set. Except for the guys who developed it. Yeah. Uh, so next we've got Core 2021. This is their third quarter set. So it's going to be in summer, most likely July, because that's about when they've been releasing the If it's the not July 24th, set. I'm going to be upset. Probably is not. They've set a precedence now. Yeah, two in a row. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so this is just your classic magic mechanics. Yep. And hopefully we get some good reprints. This last year for M20, we got the Ley Lines. Uh, we also got uh, things like Scape Shift from M19, I think. Like we've gotten some decent reprints that I don't know necessarily if they were needed, but people wanted them. Yeah. Like you see the, the price and the way that they've, fluctuating you know they dropped pretty low and then all of a sudden they went back almost to the same price they were before they got reprinted. yeah i mean these core sets are pretty underpowered but when they add those reprints in it kind of helps to shoot the value of the set as a whole it back up makes and, people buy boxes yeah instead of just buy the singles and then the last quarter four release most likely october is going to be zendikar rising as if we haven't been to zendikar enough lately yeah we're going to return to return yeah. to Zendikar. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke people were making for the Ravnica. As soon as Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance were being spoiled, it was just like, oh, so it's Return to Ravnica. No, it's Return to Return to Ravnica. <laughs> we're going to return again. Yeah. Uh, so this is Zendikar. Uh, hopefully we're just going to figure out story-wise like what's going on uh, in the wake of Ulamog and Kozilek's destruction. The Gatewatch saga's ended, so we're not likely going to be focusing on any of that. If we yeah. are, it's probably going to be Nyssa. That's her homeworld. Who knows, though? I mean, Nahiri, I think, is also from Zendikar. So yeah. like, there's a I lot think, of potential. I think uh, the Loading Ready Run guys were kind of talking about, like, the rebuilding. Because it is called Zendikar Rising. So it could be more of a focus on the uplifting of Zendikar after the oh, yeah, aftermath definitely. of all that. So that could be some kind of cool things. Maybe some more, like, quote-unquote positive mechanic-based yeah. stuff going on. Who knows? Yeah, you also have, like, the allies from Battle for Zendikar. So maybe there's, like, a a theme around that again. Who knows? Again, they haven't really spoiled too much, but we can make some assumptions because hey, we, we've, we've been, been to that there. plane before. Yeah. Well, I think that's about a halfway point if we're going to stop here and talk about these beers again. Uh, I've been sipping on this Crooked Fence Three Picket Porter and the most descriptive word that comes to mind is smooth, smooth, smooth. That's also kind of what I was thinking. With Yeah, the both these beers are Hemelba. super smooth. Um, if Drew's is sweet and a little zingy, mine is just malty and smooth. 
it kind of has like like he was saying that almost irony copper metallic kind of quality to it but it's nowhere near as sweet and nowhere near as bitter as the what's it called man of awe helm of awe yeah so the uh crooked fence three picket porter definitely has that almost has that kind of leathery taste to it yeah it's not off-putting but it's certainly like a it's a noticeable flavor when you taste it i think this is the reason why my wife doesn't like a lot of dark beers because they do have some of those kind of darker burnt yeah chemically flavors that she's just kind of like not into um that helm of the awe though i just took another sip of that and going straight from the three picket to the helm it's way sweeter just as smooth yeah more complex, I think, flavor. It definitely does have a more complex flavor, but doesn't have quite as the upfront malts. Yeah. Like they're there, but it's more of a roasty kind of character than it is like the sweet. Like it definitely has more sweetness than what the, the three picket porter does, but maybe it's just a more well-rounded beer rather than like specific on that note. Yeah. I think the three picket is a porter and the Helm of Awe is very much like a complex kind of oatmeal burnt or not burnt but you know roasty toasty yeah i think that's what you kind of expect out of a a robust porter in the first place it does have more complexity than what i would assume uh crooked fence is more akin to like an english porter or something like that so if you want to be cheeky you want to go on a count of three and name the best beer of the show three two one helm of of yeah Yeah. i i think three picket is just a a, like a one note kind of wonder it's good but it's not it's totally drinkable but i don't think like if I saw a bunch of porters, that this would be the one that I'd grab by any means. It's mm-hmm. like, I will drink it and I'll enjoy it, but... If someone had six of these in the fridge, I'd take one. Yeah. I mean, I'd ask them first. <laughs> well, depends on who it is. All right. So, <clears throat> moving on f- through these uh, sealed products, these pre-constructed products, we got to move into our area of expertise. We're going to go to the commander announcements. Yeah. There was and there's a, lot. a lot to unpack here. Uh, the command zone did... Their announcement, Watsi had their on their homepage and stuff like that. There's a lot to, to unpack. First is that in association with Ecoria, we're getting Ecoria Commander decks. So this is Commander 2020. It's five new decks, which we're finally going back to five decks instead of four decks like they've done the past couple of years. I think everyone is hyped about that. It allows us more decks, more themes, more uh, commanders, more... More options, and, really. Yeah, more reprints, like, yeah. So we've got 71 brand new cards. And these are, again, new, new, not just, quote unquote, new cards from Ecoria's draft booster packs. However, the new cards are themed for Ecoria. And and there are cards in the reprint slots that are from the set of Ecoria that you'll find in the draft boosters. And the reason that they have for that, the excuse is uh, that there could be potentially parasitic mechanics in Ecoria like energy was for Kaladesh and that people wouldn't want decks built with those mechanics without some of the cards from that set to back it up. Right. And so that's kind of the excuse. And yeah, you want a couple cards to back up the mechanic, but I, I think it's going to irk some people the wrong way just because like all of your new cards are going to be based around Ikoria anyways. And then you're taking a valuable reprint slots to include cards from a set that they already have access to that was literally printed alongside it. And they also announced that we're going to be doing a command fest again, so they're going to continue on with that. Um, yeah, uh, it's the not command fest new was in news. Seattle. And yeah, it's not specifically new, but it shows that Watsi is planning on ramping up 
the Commander Spotlight and showcasing it more, they finally, I think, have figured out, especially with all these products coming out, that Commander is a format that people are willing to invest in. People yeah, want I don't to play know Commander. If they go, I don't know if they answer to a board or not, but somewhere along the line last year, someone made the point that this is their biggest format. And I think you can tell just by what they're releasing, they're pivoting to that. They're really trying to make these players happy and yeah. give them some products. Yeah, and so as far as like Ikoria is concerned, uh, the commander decks from Ikoria, uh, assuming that there's three legends uh, in each of the commander decks, that's 56 new non-legend cards, or at least non-commander-specific cards. Right. That is cards that can beat your commander. Sorry, I shouldn't say commander-specific, because it is 100% commander-specific. Yeah, these are four commander decks, but not legendary creatures. Yeah, and so if we compare that to the most recent commander set from this year, commander 2019, uh, it only had 46 new cards, and that's, again, not including the 12 potential commanders, again, three per deck. So on average, it's about the same amount of new decks. It's about the same amount of new cards per deck. It's actually a little bit less, but overall, we get more decks, more new commanders, more new cards, more new themes to build around. It's all upside for us. Yeah. Aside from just, uh, the cost of buying all five decks, if you're going <laughs> to Yeah, you got to buy them all. But I mean, I think that's what commander, commander players are looking for. They're looking for options if they only buy a couple, and if you buy... The whole set. Now you have an extra deck this year that's going to yeah, be which is awesome. play with. Uh, so these will replace the Planeswalker decks. Right. So uh, I think the past couple of years we've gotten Planeswalker decks for the non-core sets. I don't know. if They might have printed for the core set too. I think they did. Yeah. Um, so instead of that, we get Commander decks, which is awesome. I I'm think cool that with that. everyone's kind of stoked about that. They probably realized that those weren't selling quite as well. I think they sell know? just fine. It's just people are not... Like you buy those Planeswalker decks for like new players and like... Yeah, have or like just a one trip them exp- apart yeah. and put stuff in your other decks. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think that the interesting thing is, even though they're replacing the Planeswalker decks, they still have the C20 set code. So it tells me that that still replaces the Commander 2020 that everyone expected to be in like the, the late summer of fall, like August, September. Yeah, this is the quote-unquote Commander pre-con release. Yeah. And to follow along with that, the logic for the design for these, these decks is that they kind of follow the same Commander design where they're designed to be balanced and played against each other as the pre like all precons together yeah. and then you can upgrade them from so there. So it kind of it really follows along with you and four of your friends buy these five decks and play some games. Yeah. Um so while these are replacing what we would normally get for commander deck release, um Wizards is really pulling the one two punch uh and they're releasing some more commander decks later in the year. So we've got Zendikar Rising Commander decks, which are going to come out. These aren't going to be Ikoria cards. These are going to come out with Zendikar Rising. Yep. And so again, it's two more decks this time instead of another five. Can you imagine 10 decks in a year? I'd be so broke. Yeah. Uh, But they only have three new cards per deck. Again, they're going to be themed to Zendikar Rising. And this is generally assumed for everyone in the community right now that they're going to be just the new commanders. Yep. Um, But that means that everything else is reprints. And again, if we look at Ikoria, then supposedly some of those reprint slots are going to be filled with Zendikar Rising stuff. I don't know if that's a safe assumption to make because I don't think they've explicitly said that. But I, th- I think it's probably a safe assumption to assume that at least some portion of that would be. But as commander players, just knowing that a lot of times, even if they're not extremely expensive reprints, they're going with commander staples a lot of these times. You're going to get some of the things yeah, you they've know you're going to use. they explicitly said that. They said that index. the reprints are going to be filled with commander staples yep. and some of the valuable less printed cards, like cards from recent standard years that it didn't make sense for them to print again. Uh, just cards that they had no reason to reprint may be playable in Commander, and they're going to try and like 
uh, reach that audience. Um, these are designed as on-ramps to Commander to sort of kickstart your experience. So we assume they're going to be more quote-unquote entry-level kind of things. Yeah, they're going to be more beginner-friendly. And again, if you have Commander staples, then that's going to be a good thing anyways, right? You're going to teach somebody that these are cards what that are need. played in Commander yeah. and that hopefully they finally fix, you know, card draw and ramp. In the I was going to say, if anything has shown from their record, hopefully they're building these decks to be a little more efficient anyway. And so these should be some good... Good little decks to start out with. Yep. And these decks are, again, going to replace the Planeswalker decks that would normally have been printed with Seneca Rising. So that's a plus for Commander players in general. For sure. Now, we've got an interesting little release that they have announced for us Commander players called Commander Collection Green. Uh, I think it's a safe to assume that there are four other colors that could potentially get the same treatment. But this is sort of similar to the From the Vault collections and the Signature Spellbooks kind of releases that they've done in the past. Yeah, it's very specific cards that are themed together in this case. They're green. Green. Uh, and so I think they, they've like kind of spoiled some of the, the artwork for it and just like, hey, check this stuff out. Like these are yeah. characters that you know and like uh, what's going to happen, you know. And so again, these should be either commander staples or just powerful cards from commander's history that have been difficult to reprint, whether because of their power level or just because... You know, it doesn't make sense to print them anywhere. Yeah, and what I think is really cool is that they've kind of given us like Easter eggs here. They're printing some spells with characters we know. It's not that character. Maybe it's a planeswalker or just a character within our lore. Maybe it's not that creature or that planeswalker, but they're in the artwork of a spell. So it's them casting this spell. So that's kind of cool for us uh, Vorthosi dudes. Yeah, and this is one that I'm kind of hesitant on because this could be Commander Arsenal all over again. It seems that they've kind of learned from that. And I say that, but then some of the From the Vault collection stuff was a real bust. Yeah. And that's something that is frustrating to a lot of players that you have some of these in like the series that they have that are very good and then some that are just absolutely garbage for whatever reason. And sometimes it's just the availability of the product. Right. They just snap off the shelves and then they get oversold at ridiculous prices. So they're going to have eight cards presented in two versions, all foil or all non-foil. Yeah, and I think the good thing here is that they are only available at the WPN, which is the Wizard Play Network stores. Um, so if your store is affiliated with Wizards, then they're going to be able to have that product. Um, and then like the WPN Premium store or something like that, they get the foil ones, which I don't know if people are like annoyed about or whatever. Like You're going to get the cards if you're going to get the cards. That's yeah. kind of how it is. Um, but uh, what's great about this is that Wizards, I think, is finally like really pushing the idea that a product like this needs to be sold on LGS. But the problem is that they're not all G LGSs, right? Like your local right. game store may not be affiliated with Wizards through the Wizards Play Network. And they're not going to be able to get the product because of that. Well, and unfortunately, what I worry about, if they're limiting where these can be sold, it could potentially be an issue where they're not going to print as much, thinking that there's less places for them to be bought, which would then Again, lead the, for them yeah, to be low supply problem. and high, high, high price. Um, and then we've got another release. We've got Commander <laughs> oh, Legends. Good God. So this is a full set aimed at Commander players. So it has been marketed as Commander Draft. Yep. Um, hopefully for me, it feels like drafting a high power cube. So this is where we move away from pre-constructed products. These are booster packs. Uh, and instead of having 15 cards, they're going to have 20 cards. And uh, it's based on us Commander players now. Yep, there are more than 70 new legendaries in the packs. Uh, so each 20-card pack has a guaranteed foil and two legendary creatures. So they've kind of given 
sparse details about how you draft it, but it sounds like you kind of just do a normal draft, maybe getting a few extra cards for it, but then you can kind of take that deck and turn it into a commander deck really easily. Yeah, I think what Gavin said is you're going to be drafting, but you're going to feel like you drafted a commander deck because you're going to have some seriously powerful cards. I think it's kind of interesting, just real quick, to note that they said that the set has a larger card count than than a normal set. Normal sets. And we listed off War of the Spark had 264. Eldraine had 269, so... But actual, not including basic lands, War of Spark only had 249 cards, and Eldraine also had 249 cards. There was actually an extra set of basics. Yeah. So, potentially looking at, you know, 280, 300, maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably going to be close to 300, just because you do have 20 card booster packs. Yeah. Right? And so, like, we could scale it from there and just... Make that assumption, but I think that if we just say it's over 300, that well, I think just having so many legends, assuming that the legends have some sort of synergies with other cards, you've got to have some filler to go along with yeah. that. So, um, and so these are cards that are pulled from all over the Magic the Gathering storyline. Uh, if you care about Vorthos, then this is not going to be like a cohesive yeah. unit. Um, but what's great about this is that these cards are going to be legal in eternal formats, so that's Vintage, Legacy, Highlander, and of course, Commander. Hell yeah! Uh, and Gavin also said that these are filled with often asked for commander reprints as well as new cards. So you're kind of, you know, speculating what they're going to do. You know, like, I don't think they're going to do Cyclonic Rift. Like, everyone's kind of, like, hoping for something yeah. like a Cyclonic Rift or reprint, Fairies, Fairies Protection. protection. Yeah, I, I don't know how those... I mean... Like, Cyclonic Rift would work in a draft environment. Fairies Protection, kind of less study. So. People yeah, ask Rhystic about. Good. Uh, there's a, there's a, lot a lot of, the lot good of wipes. <laughs> Toxic Deluge, something like that. Damnation. Yeah. Um, who knows what they're going to print, but we know... This is the problem that I think I've heard in all the comments with these releases is that everybody's worried about their pocketbook. We're all going to start having to sell freaking blood or plasma because well, uh, these we're not even done us. with just talking about Commander Legends. Yeah, no, there's another product. Yeah, so there's there's so much that's going on, but we've got the Commander Legends Commander decks. Ugh. So again, two more new decks. Again, so only three nine new cards. Commander decks releasing next yeah. year. And again, these have three new cards per deck. Again, these are assumed to be the new deck-specific commanders. Yep. Um, and again, everything else is printed. Everything else is a reprint. Uh, I'm not really sure how many of the reprints are going to be from the Commander Legend set. Uh, hopefully none, just because it's already directed at Command. It's not like we're like right. that. And it's not like the Commander Legend set is going to be like a super synergistic themed set anyways. Well, and I'm hoping that there's not a whole lot that are from Ikoria and Zendikar either. I would just, assume that they're not going to do that. Yeah, because we've just gone through those. Yeah. So we're we're hoping that we're going to get some decent... Uh, I mean, obviously, we're probably going to get some level of staples. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully there's some good shit in there. Uh, so assuming that, you know, we're roughly around 37, 38 lands per deck. That's another 59 spells per deck that we're getting. And that means we could get over 400 non-land cards from Legends and its associated precons, which is both the two sets that are releasing, all of which are directed at us, the Commander audience. Yeah, so, so Commander Legends and then Commander Legends Commander decks. That's a that's lot. 400 cards that are directed at Commander. Reprints for days, some new Legends. Like, yeah, that's a lot of... A lot of goodies. Yep, and that includes, between the two sets, includes 80 new potential commanders. Yeah, close to 80, maybe maybe even more. Like, we don't really know. Yeah, who knows? They, they just say over 70, and so who knows what over 70 means. It could be 71, could be like 80. Yeah, it's true. Um, so that kind of wraps up the commander for next year, which obviously that was a lot. Yeah. That's It's going to be a strain on people's money, but I think it's a really exciting year for commander players. And hopefully they figured out the print lines on these you know, print in mass. Yeah. Because the Brawl decks were a shit show. Maybe that's taught them that you need to print these 
at larger quantities because people want to buy them. And if they're associated with the sets that they're printing with, then hopefully that's kind of like a kick in the ass to Wizards to say, look, you're printing with this set. You need to support the set, but you also need to support these pre-cons. We're not but done, though. We are not done with announcements. The last, but certainly not least, there's a new format. Yeah, we've got Pioneer. So it was announced on October 21st, and it's sort of like a mini modern. So what it is, is it's a non-rotating format. It's kind of somewhere between standard and modern. So uh, when I was, I was looking back on it, modern originally developed to have a format for players to play with their old cards, especially those cards rotated from standard sets. Right, um, the ones you just got that rotated out. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, but they also wanted one that wasn't as kind of daunting or intimidating as Legacy. Uh, and it's certainly not vintage, right? Uh, so there's 66 sets that are legal in Modern, from Mirrodin and 8th Edition forward. You know, we've got Modern Horizon, so it kind of messes up the numbers a little bit there. Um, but since Pioneer involves cards that are legal from Return to Ravnica forward, uh, that's all of the st- sets that were legal in Standard. So Modern Horizons is not legal, even though it's one of the new sets. Right. Um, and that gives us 29 sets that are legal in Pioneer and 37 sets in Modern that are not going to be in Pioneer. Correct. So it's about half of the, the Modern list. Uh, what's interesting to note is that Return to Ravnica was released uh, in October 2012. So we've got like seven years at this point of cards to work with. Yeah, and you said it was like 64. I think Scryfall has the preview of it, of the new format. It's like 6,400 plus. Um, so there's quite a card pool even still. And uh, it's kind of interesting to think that they've kind of gone from vintage light to modern light in a way they're doing a non-rotating format. And that's they, the most important part about this format. Yeah, it's basically another way for standard players to keep these old decks and keep playing without spending the kind of money you're going to have to spend in modern. That's you're not, not to for? say that this is a cheap format, yeah. uh, especially with the way the prices have gone up. But one good thing that they did do right away is they banned the five fetch lands from... Uh, Cons of Tarkir. Yeah, Cons of Tarkir. Um, so... Basically, that limits the building potentials. You're not going to be able to do four and five colors the yeah, same way they, that you they could literally potentially. said that the reason why that they were banning those is to limit the ease of building those three and four color decks that could just take over. Like you yeah, have the best cards just, for four colors. It's just four color good stuff. Yeah. You have every of the best cards. They and, did have an emergency banning though. Uh, I say emergency, but they did say that they were going to like roll out specific band aids. Yeah, uh, but on. November 4th, they banned Felidar Guardian, Leyline of Abundance, and Oath of Nyssa. Felidar, thank God. Yeah, well, everyone, I think, kind of anticipated the Felidar banning just because it it was banned in standard because of the Sahili-Felidar combo. You just win. Yeah, well, and there's a three-color and a four-color copycat deck that basically was a Felidar Guardian deck. And so people knew right away that that was going to come back and all of those cards were available. So Yeah, so they also have another BNR announcement that's scheduled for... Uh, November 11th and every Monday of this year. Yep. So they said they're going to be having some sort of announcement every single Monday until the end of 2019. Whether or not they ban anything may, you know, they may have they may not. weeks where they don't yeah. ban something, but I think it's cool that they've decided to have this as a precedence yeah, for this got format. The investment into trying to make sure that beginning of this format doesn't crash i mean we've already got two tournaments now magic fest tournaments that have switched to pioneer already yeah they've um, been i don't think they've switched i think they've added pioneer to them i don't think maybe they've, they've added it yeah but they also have i think six ptqs 
for the the Magic Fest finals or whatever it is before the end of the year. So we've got reservations. We've got a lot of hype on this format, especially online. You hear people talking about it already all over the place. Uh, I I think it's only I think it's only pertinent for us to cover the next. I mean, we're going to probably come up with a couple, couple, of, a couple of episodes. I think yeah, talking about it just we're because talk it's something it. that we're talking about in our play group. You know, is is yeah. pioneer something that that we should get into? Well, we've we've already got players in our play group who have built and bought pioneer decks. I mean, yeah, it's, I've got it's happening in our play group. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got one in the works as well. I'm just yeah. trying to figure out if it's feasible and whether or not the card that it's built around is going to get banned. Yeah. So we're definitely going to have some episodes about what Pioneer really is, where it's going to fit. Do yeah, we just think kind of it's like, going to succeed? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Exactly. It's going to be like, some of it's just going to be general commentary, like Aaron's talking about. Uh, some of it, I think, depending on where the format goes, we're going to do some meta-analysis, talk about like specific decks, why they work. Uh, As Corey that- would say, were he here, we'll get into the nitty-gritty. And maybe, you know, with that, we're going to have analysis on the state of the format and... We might even do some deck techs talking about the decks that we're looking at, decks we're brewing, uh, and some of the decks that are doing well. So I think that covers most of the 2020 announcements, hopefully all. Hopefully we didn't miss any. I mean, at least the There's a lot. last month or so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully you guys are excited because I'm actually pretty excited. I mean, I, I know it is a strain on people as far as, you know, how often can you be, well, money and how often can you be hyped for magic throughout the year? But I think there's a lot of good stuff for anybody and everybody who plays magic. Not necessarily, you don't have to buy or, or get into everything that we're talking about, but I think there's something for everyone. Yeah. Standard looks like it's going to be decent. We'll see if Theros is kind of parasitic with the enchantments and stuff like that, or whether it's going to be a set that actually blends into standard environment. Well, yeah. Um, Zendikar probably is going to be just fine. Uh, we've got Ikoria, and we don't know what's Who going knows? on there, and yeah. we're excited because we don't know. Like, it's one of the first sets in a while that we haven't had that much information it's, it's on. It's like Throne of Eldraine, where we didn't know, but we don't even know, like, a At least theme. Throne of Eldraine, they kind of, you know, did some spoiler art pretty early on. Yeah. We knew, okay, fairy tales, and, like, what's going on there? But, yeah, Ikoria, this we don't really know anything. wrapped up tight. Uh, we can kind of figure out what's going on with uh, the core set for 2021. Uh, commander sets are going to be... I was going to say few and far between, but they're not. Nope. There's going to be a whole hell of a lot of them. Yeah, we've got yep. a lot going on. And we'll see if there's burnout for Commander next year. I think that's going to be like the first test of whether or not Commander players can get burnt out. Because usually like, we're just like eager every single set. Yeah. What's the best card? You know, <laughs> wait for Commander Christmas. You know, like all of these things are just like so uh, pivotal to the environment of Commander. Now it's just like nine new decks. Plus a draft. Plus a draft environment. Yeah. Like, it's like it could be too much, 400, but, 500. but maybe Watsy wants to test that limit, figure yeah. out what exactly is too much for us yeah. voracious consumers. So I want to real quick, this is literally the worst video for me to say this on because there's not a whole lot of artwork that we could have shown, uh, but I'd like to encourage all of our listeners. We have exponentially more listeners already in the first six months of us uh, doing this than I thought we would. But almost all of you guys are listening to us on podcasts. Which is which great. is great. Like, we understand uh, that podcasts are a very approachable format because, you know, throw it on your yeah, car and you just, you just drive On your and, commute yeah. or whatever. And and I'm an audio guy. Like, I, that's what I do for a living. I'm an audio engineer. So for you to enjoy my audio uh, makes me feel real good. But we do have a YouTube channel. We put up all the cards when we do talk about cards. 
We try to make that as entertaining as possible. Eventually, we're going to get video. We would love it if you guys head on over there and subscribe. And, yeah, we've got yeah. a lot of ideas in the works. It's just a matter of funding them and getting them to the right place. Yeah. So thank you guys for visiting. Thanks for sitting down and listening to us. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed all of it. Hopefully, you guys are excited for next year. And as we always say on this show, have fun, but not too much. <laughs> <laughs>